Okay, let's begin. We um, we saw the part where it says um, God is one and God is Elohim. The reason why it's written all together is because the characteristic of God is never be separated from His name itself. And before before um, Genesis chapter two, God existed as Elohim, and He has revealed Himself as an Elohim to to human beings. But after He created, after He created a man, He became Yahweh to us. And the term Yahweh, we can describe it in many different ways, and we can explain it in many different point of view. But but especially we see it as him describing him as the one who exists by himself. In English, he is divine. He has this divine characteristics. So we don't have to uh, make this complicated. But anyways, the word um, Yahweh. Why, why did God, uh, who has the name Jehovah, created human being? Okay, let's move on. Anyways, um, Jehovah is a name in terms uh, that describes his relationship between human being. Of course, his name itself has his divinity and every characteristic of himself, but. Especially when his name was proclaimed to this earth. Especially he was revealing himself as um, as a God who has relationship with human beings. So this name Jehovah is name of God who who communicates, who has this relationship with human beings. And he is the one who continuously approaches to, to us, to to the human being, to men. Without a single moment. Is keep keep drawing near to us, and if you if you believe this, and if this is being embodied to you, then you will be able to understand what it means to be uh, what it mean what what um, Adonai Echad means. So when we say Echad, we can say it's one, and in Septuagint Bible. Is translated into this this Greek word haze. And the word haze appears in Ephesians, and it is one body. It is one one. It has the meaning of one, but it also has the uh, meaning of uh, of unity. Just as he is unified, just as Jesus is unified with the Father God and the Spirit God, um, when we say had, it has meaning two different meanings, which is he is one, the one. And the other is union. So these two meanings are all included in this one term. So fundamentally, uh, this Jehovah God, Yahweh, He is the one who cannot uh, meet this condition of separation. He cannot be divided from from Himself. 
for example, uh, the, when we explain union, ehad, we, we say that the head cannot be separated from the body when we explain the church. And just, as, just like that, um, God, in his, his triumph relationship, he is keep um, building his dynamics within himself, within themselves. And this is just automatic. When you meet Jesus, it is uh, automatically you are meeting God too. Especially when Jesus, when Jesus came on earth and He opened this path so that we can uh, walk that path and meet God, and He 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 handled His job, His occupation as a royal priest. And more than that, if He had not opened His uh, this way, this path to God, oh. Then his his occupation, his role, his role as a royal priest would not have any meaning. So, because of his characteristics, um, it is inevitable for us to uh, to be united with Jesus Christ and with God. So we should not treat lightly the issues, the problems that hinders us uh, from making this unity. Uh, unifying with God. So this life in Babylon, which makes us um, focus on ourselves, is such a uh, uh, abominable thing. So the universe is the same. The whole universe is the same. The whole universe has um, this one united relationship. So everything that God has created has this um, principle, this order of, of unification. And just like just like the church, which cannot separate it from, from Jesus Christ who is the head. And all these years in, during the history, the religion has made made this um, this life separated from from the head and it has made it theory and it made the Bible be separated from the church and the um, um, the, the missionary separate being separated from the church too so it is bringing such a great loss to the church and it is losing God's basic um, essence his characteristic so today we should we should accept exactly oh he is the one who unifies he is the one who forms this unification and we should be able, then we will begin to know and begin to see oh this is um, this is something within me that hinders me from um, unifying to God to be united to God this will lead lead us to victory so we should trample on on these enemies who, who um, hinders us from uni uniting to God. And all this authority uh, of God comes from unification, not, not from myself just meditating and just concentrating on myself. So if you do not understand this unification, you will never understand this authority either. In, in Central America, there was such an amazing um, 
events that took place, such miraculous signs, but all these were possible because God allowed us to um, see this and witness this through unification of the church. In Greek, haste is one. The one. And we have said this yesterday too, if we accept this one God through Jesus, we will see all the weaknesses of the world through God and we can overcome this. And Paul saw this too and all these uh, tribulations, suffering, um, poverty, anything within all those conditions, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if, if you experience God, if you meet God, and if you have faith, that's all about faith. If you have faith, everything is possible and you can, you can um, overcome those. So, do not try to like understand anything. Just when, when the blood of Jesus Christ comes within us, and when this royal blood flows in us, He, God, Jesus will, will um, do His role as a royal priest, and he, without even noticing, He will allow us and He will make us meet God. And through Him, it is all possible for us to do. So in that, in that perspective, my thoughts, my way of action, everything is connected to Him. This is Echad. So when we pray, once again, oh, it is right, um, blood of Jesus Christ does many things to me, but especially, but, but especially, his blood allows me to meet this one God and when we believe this truly, then it will begin to build this relationship between God and it will make us impossible to live according to other things but God. So we need to um, talk in His ways, we need to do in His ways, we need to live what is given by Him. Then, then you will begin to love him. We will begin to be soaked in his word. When you, when you are united with this one God, you will be, a, you will be able to live this life that is being um, unified with God. And this will build a completion of the new covenant. And many, um, many parts of the Old Testament um, messages, they have significant symbol of um, prophesying coming of Jesus Christ. Ultimately, Israel will um, accept Jesus as a Messiah later. And during this season, God prepared everything for us so that we can live according to that. And it's not like we cannot fulfill that because we don't have anything. But, but we fail to fulfill His schedule, His timeline, because we fail to meet His um his standard and we, we have this unbelief. 
And just like First John, um, I abide in Him and He abides in me. And in His triumph relationship, you should keep embodying this relationship between between you and God. If you have just begun your your spiritual life, but uh, most of you who have lived many years in in His relationship. And it's not like I live, but it's like feeling Him and and just living and doing according to um, the relationship between me and Him. This is the image of completion of Echad. And within these 2,000 years of Christian history, um, the servants of God, they all lived like this. And because they have embodied, they have all fulfilled this characterization of the relationship between God, they were able to live like that. Okay, let's move on. Chapter 8. Um, let's, uh, let's pray for once. Let's pray for once about this. Um, the blood of Jesus Christ is too strong right now. Let's accept this blood and let's um, proclaim. Let's proclaim the power. Well, we we don't have any obligation to finish the Deuteronomy, right? The whole book of Deuteronomy. Anyways, so let's look at uh, chapter eight from verse one to ten. It's Moses telling the Israelites why you guys wandered in the wilderness. Are you having a good time? Are you receiving lots of bless, blessings? All these years that our community has been running, God kept renewing ourselves, and I believe. And and all all you have to do is just believing that He has um, allowed us to reach this point, this this point of of new season. Okay, let's begin. Uh, be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess a land the Lord promised on earth to your ancestors. Whenever you hear, hear this message, um, the focus is on hearing. Israel, when they listen and they, they respond, that's the way of their life. That should be their way of their life. And this is, this is, um, this is everything. This is all. In our church, whenever uh, our church members also needs to be aware and be, be vigilant toward um, being alert toward these this um, sound of the world which hinders us from listening to God's commandment itself. So we should be able to listen these, listen to God's word in term in perspective of balance and integrity. So last Sunday I talked about this. Those ones who who have this deception have no idea that he is he has he has deception 
then how can you realize that you have deception? One of the reasons, uh, the evidence is that oh, I'm not changing at all. If you are if you are not experiencing any change, then that's the evi one one evidence. And us, we are the ones who God has His will to change us and keep renewing ourselves. But God wants to fulfill His His predestination, and He wants us to pour everything to us. More than you understand, God, God has such a tremendous interest to you. Even, even to the point that He allowed His Son to shed His blood. For example, our, let's say our brother here. Let's say um, your, your son um, donated an organ uh, for a person who was dying in a the hospital, then how uh, much of an interest would you have toward that person, right? Even a human being would be like that, then imagine how much uh, God, would has, God would have his interest toward us who he made his son to give his life, life and make us alive. Right? When God shed His Son's blood and He uh, prepared everything in order to make us uh, perfect, and how can you live like that? The reason why you can live like that is because you have shut all the doors spiritually. And sometimes you should be like, "Oh Lord, please stop your uh, stop having." <laughs> Having interest towards me is too burdensome. It's too too difficult. Anyways, that love we cannot describe, right? That's how much he loves us. He has his interest to us. Then why would he spare anything in order to fulfill and complete his image within us? So he's just pouring without any any uh, limit. So imagine, imagine your your look to yourself how uh, severe your spiritual status is that you cannot accept all those blessings that God is pouring right now, all the interest that He is pouring, all the blessings and all the preparation that He has prepared for us, and. See how much you have built a barricade around yourself that you are blocking His blessings to, to flow through you. And only status the only state that you need to um, be in is the status that you can accept everything that God pours to you. Then that's it's it's over, right? And today appears the story about what is the land of promise, what is Canaan. In your life, as soon as possible, it's God's will, as soon as possible you should enter into the glorification and you should, you, know, you should serve God gloriously for the rest of your life, right? And that will determine the glory of your resurrection. God's will is not upon you uh, um, struggling so hard on this earth and just barely go into heaven at the end of your life. 
So as soon as possible, you should enter into this glorification and then experiencing um, that all things are possible through, through faith. It's not just the pastor who is speaking, uh, pastor's will who is speaking right now. It's God's will. And He truly wants, more than anyone, He wants for you to be like that. So all these deceptions, um, confusions, you should get rid of those. And if we compare the Israelites to ourselves, uh, in, in days of the Israelites, they, or they lived in a time that they could not fundamentally uh, solve all those issues. But we are different, right? We can, we can get rid of all those struggles and bindings. And second evidence that you are, you are having this deception is that your meeting with God is not um, in, in the right level. There's something uh, always being stopped, uh, bound. You keep experiencing this limitation. If you do not have any amazement, if you are not fully meeting Him, then it's a clear evidence that you have this deception. So those are two evidences, um, two big evidences that you are having these deceptions in your life. Of course, there are many other evidences that you are not experiencing God's sincerity in your life. Uh, you are not experiencing His reveal, uh, revelation in your life. These are all the, the things that are bringing loss to your, your spiritual life. So you should be able to see these through, through this message of Deuteronomy. You should begin uh, to hear completely fully listen to his commandments. So, verse 1, um, I'm giving you today so that you may live. So, so through his commandments, our life is given. Let's say, if, when you eat carbs, when you eat carbs, uh, it builds you uh, these, these uh, sh uh, blood sugar in your body and it builds these calories in you. But if you have any issues of building those, those uh, energy in you, then it will uh, make you suffer from diabetes or many other diseases in you. There are this idiom in England that if you, there's no cure um, that you can heal without food, something like that. But anyways, in Yeolbang Church, we, we are not um, inclined to anything. We are not inclined to uh, the word itself. But we are talking about the kingdom of God, the whole kingdom of God. So that's a blessing of Yeolbang Church. We have this integrity. When you go to kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, you will realize how much of a blessing that you have received by attending this glorious church. When you receive God's word as it is, then it will become your life. And if you try to just um, pick one, one part of the word, then that will be bring, bring problem to you. What's the reason why we have to um, struggle so many years in Yeolbang Church and Zoya ministry? It's because building the whole character, building a whole um, character of God within, within His glory is, is all about integrity. All these 20 years um, in Yeolbang Church, I'm sorry for you guys because I have been out of the church for like 10 years 
going going abroad for conferences. But still, I'm I'm kind of thankful because I have ministered you only for like ten years, but you guys still have not left the church, and still you guys are growing. If it was like before, you guys would have ran away already. Twenty-four within these twenty-four years of my pastor ministry, um, I nearly were out of the country for for like half of those ministering years. That's the reason why I'm um, having lots of conferences these days. Anyways. So that you may live and increase. Living and increasing. What is it? What are those? They are the. They they are the very, very uh, first blessing that God gave to uh, mankind when He created a human being. It's His will. When God created the human being, He has His will toward the human beings to become a a royal being. And he wants us to reveal that, that uh, royal blessing. It's not something new. It's his original plan when he created human beings. And we need to understand that because it is his original plan and his original preparation, we should be able to um, exp- uh, feel this anger toward the enemies because we have lost. We have been, we have, uh, they have taken away these blessings from us. So you should have these this um, heart of um, feeling unfair to the to the enemies. And your your original characteristic is to live according to his his will, but because you are not being able to live according to his plan and his blessing, you should be able to uh, feel this wrath toward the enemy who took those away. So God's original purpose of Israelites to enter into Canaan was to make them gloriously, make them people of the king. And it applies to us too. Why are we, uh, why are we to be glorious on this earth? Because, it, first of all, it's God's, God's choice, because His will, it's His will. So we should live gloriously according to His royal children. It's His, his will. He It's his decision. He said, I will make you pure and blameless. So in terms of this unification, this relationship, and the essence of the church, essence of the kingdom of God is to make the people to go into this glorification. So we need to go into this glorification as soon as possible. Our goal is not just going to heaven. And the Bible, the reason why Bible is just talking about this heaven and hell is because when you become a child of God, then your, your issue of going to heaven or hell is just um, over. And all you need to focus is to go into this glorification and fulfill this glorification as soon as possible. In, in many books of the Bible, in many books of Bible, there will be uh, uh, this appearance of a glorious church who will overcome this temptation of great Babylon. 
And God is saying when, when, these, when this gate of heaven is closed, there will be these glorious churches who will open up the gates of heaven directly um, above them and who are living according to what is given from them. So right now, you should uh, be able to experience this too. All these um, church, these eschatology, through all those things, we should be able to realize, oh, that's why I need to go into this glorification. I need to enter this stage of glorification. So in, in Romans chapter 3, Saul calls um, um, this gaining righteousness. We should not just satisfy and think, oh, it's over because I have gained the righteousness. But more than that, we need to go into the glorification. Paul's purpose of writing the book of Romans is that receiving the righteousness is beginning of the glorification. So the conclusion is that our, our goal should be the sanctification and glorification so that you will, you will serve God without any limitation and through the glory. In many different books, just like Ezekiel and Revelation, and and anyways, on this earth, when Church of God lives according to His will, um, it is God's will for all the church members to um, be gloriously like the early early churches. And God prepared; He already poured all the um, anointing, all His blessing to His church. So all we need to do is just uh, plucking out all the evil, uh, wicked wickedness within us, which hinders us from receiving all those blessings. And you should be able to see, oh, this is my chains of my flesh. This, this made me uh, became, become a target of enemy's attack. You should begin to see this, right? God prepared everything. Now you should be able to see what kind of attacks you are, are, are experiencing right now. Then you will begin to be able to fight against those attacks. So all, all our community must have this one same emotion, which is this anger toward the enemy, this wrath toward the enemy, so that we can just annihilate, we can revenge, avenge to them. Let's, uh, let's move on. Verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. They need to remember this 40 years of wilderness. Why? To humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep His commands. So in chapter 1, um, the reason why God allowed the life in wilderness is because He wants to um, kill all the first generation. But uh, in chapter 8, he, want, he allowed the Israelites to live in the wilderness because He wants to make them humble. So, in religious churches, in religious churches, they try to um, drag God down to, to, to their own level. But God never once in the Bible, He never came came down to our, our level. There was, there was only one incident, which was Jesus coming down as a human being. But 
the reason why Jesus became human being and came down to our level is not because he wants to become lower, but because he wants to make us same as, as him, become more glorious like him. In book of Zechariah, uh, there's a prophecy that at the end, um, those who are weak will be like David, and those who are like David will be like God. And just like that, it is God's will to make us be glorious like, like Him. It's not like we can drag Him down to our level. His will is to make our characteristic and make everything of us like Him. So Him preparing everything to us is He wants us to be like Him so that we will be participated in the same relationship with Him. It's not like, I'm not saying that we don't commit sin. We are just perfect. But, but God's purpose is to make us not commit sin at all. How is this possible? It is possible only through the new self within us which God has already fulfilled His righteousness within it. So all we need to do is just cutting off all the weakness of our body and flesh so that we will reach His level and just receiving His love in our level and going up to His level. His dimension. Just like Moses who is keep renewing, he's keep renewing the new summit. Just like him, we need to keep renew our glory too. So when, when God said in verse 2, He humbled the Israelites, it means that He wants the Israelites to kill all the possibilities of the human beings. Um, your own power, your own possibility, your own method, through those, God can never use you through those things. Even Paul, even Paul who had um, such tremendous characteristics of the world, he laid all those down and considered them as... Uh, as feces, he, he became a servant of God who God could use him without any limitation. And imagine Moses, when he was in, in he was kept in Egypt, when he was raised in Egypt as a, as a um, prince, wouldn't it be easier for God to use him to, um, to, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt using him? But God is not talking about a great, um, great scale of human being. But God is not the one who can uh, work within this humanly scale. That's the reason why God made Moses to wander around, wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Think about it. When I, when my father, me, my father was rich back in the days, and when I began to be living in Jesus Christ back in the days, wouldn't it be easier for me to build a church building and use those um, um, abundant materials to, to serve God? No. Then I would not have been um, so eager to meet, meet God. So God's characteristic is holy, and so He completely wants to be, make us uh, humble. And we, our community members, all uh, are experiencing God uh, lowering us down, humbling us, making us humble. And because God has humbled you guys, uh, you guys are listening to these messages. If not, you guys were, have been, um, you know, becoming a, a great people in, in the world. You wouldn't be able to listen to to message of God, right? Oh, 
Let's continue. To humble and test you. So fundamentally, he tests us. And the reason why he is bringing many tests before, before us is because he wants to um, entrust his glory to us. And he wants to entrust everything to us, his glory, his dignity, and everything. It's matter matter of um, entrusting his name to us. But it is not an easy thing. It's not an easy matter. Those who are completely being indifferent from um, people's praise, people's um, acknowledgement. You need to be like that in order for God to use you and entrust His name to you. This should be image of God's people. This is uh, God's people image. Those, of, those people who never react to the human beings, to, to the world. If you meet God glorious, then you will, it's natural for you to live like that. It's a matter of glory. That's the reason why God is keep bringing tests before us. And it is God who should bring tests before us, not us who should test God. So in, in that way, the test is, is such a great um, um, humility of God before us because He wants to entrust His glory to us. If He was if he did not want to entrust his glory to us then he would not uh, it, it is no need for him to bring test to us right and he wants to keep know that you are keeping changed and keeping renewed so so what what matters to us is not whether you have passed the test or not but you the, what matters to you is that you should keep accepting him as he is keep renewing you then then he will he will tell you that oh you are qualified so if you see your lifetime in a in a long scale you are you are standing in in God's scale and when God, when David was running away from from Absalom he he was tested by God and when when Shimui asked uh, David, should I should I kill him? Then, uh, when when Shimui cursed him, David said to his servant, um, "Just let him live, because God speaks through him." Then, at that that instance, God um, said, "You are qualified." So, in all instance, He's bringing um, tests to us too. So, we need to hear the voice of God telling us that you are you are qualified. Then, God will be God will no longer have to bring tests before you. And especially pastors like me, many years in my days, um, many times when God brought tests before me, I was qualified by God and He, he then was able to entrust His um, um, trust, glory and His power authority to me. So whenever we are in in a good, good uh, we are living well he brings tests but when we are in suffering and tribulation he's also bringing tests during those times so we should be able to uh, pass those tests well and in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commandments 
So within these this glorious time, um, we need to be able to confess to Him, Father, help us to have this power to pass your test. Verse 3, He humbled you, causing you to hunger um, and then feeding you with, with manna, which neither you nor your ancestor had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. It's not, be, it's not the manna that they lived upon, but because uh, they lived by the word that God promised them that I will feed you by manna, that the word itself is the thing that made the Israelites to live. So, always, when God's word comes out from His mouth, um, the manifestation itself is not important. Whenever God's word um, is proclaimed in the book of Isaiah, whenever God's word is being proclaimed, it will never return to God until it is being fulfilled. So always, what matters is God's word, but the, not the situation or the condition or the manifestation. All the Dabar word, when, when it is proclaimed, um, what you should check and uh, see is whether I am um, listening to his word well. So all these years, because God promised us that he will make the remnants uh, complete, then there's no need for us to worry about anything according to the, the conditions. So we should, we should uh, trust and believe in His promise. That's the reason why we call the Israelites. Um, they are the people who are in, in this covenantal relationship with, with God. It's, it's describing them that they are the ones who are living by God's promise, God's covenant. And we are now who are living in this new covenant relationship. And the way of the church living is also in, in that um, covenantal relationship. And the word of God itself is the essence of God's life which allows the church, allows His people to live and sustain. So, so that's, that's why you should have this spiritual status that you can, um, um, you can consider God's word worthy, His word uh, preciously. Then you will be able to uh, have this authority to annihilate your enemies. Let's move on. Verse 4, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. In the book of Amos, God showed, God showed um, His great model of rule, which is Tabernacle of David. And we, through, this, through this life in the wilderness, uh, we, we can see how great God's rule is. In those 40 years, Israelites did not um, solve their issues of their, their clothing, their food. Look here, the, the shoes that they wore, the, the sandals they wore for 40 years, which did not wear out. 
we cannot compare those sandals to Nike, right? My my children usually they when they whenever they wear shoes for like two or three months they wear out. I don't know why. But anyways, this is the complete this is showing the, the model of complete rule of God. Through their, their strength, through Israelites' power, they did not do anything. So even now it is possible for us to live like that if we are relying on God's power alone. It's not like me asking for God's power and move. It's, it's, it's waiting for His power to move and us following that thing. And the reason why you are keeping powerless, not being able to uh, do anything, is because you are struggling and striving to move your own strength to do something. And that's an evidence that you are not living by the Spirit, but instead you are living by your flesh. That's the reason why you are keeping powerless. If you live by the Spirit, it's impossible for you to experience the powerlessness, your boredom. It is impossible. All those are the evidence that you are living um, fleshly. All our church members must live spiritually, live spiritually, from grandmother to the little kid. All our church members must live spiritually, and when, when we go go to heaven, go to kingdom of God, we should we should not fade away. We should burn ourselves for for God. Of course, all the things in the world, you might seem it's possible for you to stro- uh, strive and put your effort in order to fulfill and complete those, but accomplish those. But work of God is never possible by by our possibilities. What I have, what I think, what I know cannot accomplish the, the life of God. Let's move on. Verse 5. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to Him and uh, revering Him. So look. Oh, never mind. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. In book of Hebrews, um, God said, if you do not have discipline, then you are not a son. So it's, it's your choice. Whenever tribulation comes, um, if, if, then if you complain, oh, uh, it is no meaning to believe in God, then that's over. But, but whenever discipline comes, you should be able to see those as a, a sign of God's love who brings his discipline to his own son. So if you are in a right relationship, you should be able to accept all those things in right way. Verse 6, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. Through his commandments, God lowered the Israelites, and finally, he made the Israelites to walk in obedience. Verse 7, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and a deep spring gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. So, land of Canaan is everything is proper, prosperous. 
the, but the wilderness. What's the difference between a desert and a wilderness? But wilderness, uh, even though it looks same as desert, but right after it rains, um, you will see the plants growing up right after. And around the Mediterranean seas, um, there are lots of lots of uh, materials underground, right? Like these oils and um, all those. It's such a uh, um, great land. Whenever we enter into the glorification, it is possible for God to make everything prosperous, and and also. And also, God will allow us to live in, in prosperity even though we do not have any materials. When, when I established the church in the early days, um, my, my wife, because she had to manage, my, manage our household, um, because he had to, she had to, uh, like, to cook and all those things, do all those things, she experienced a little difficulties, but myself, I never experienced any, any poverty. And when you go into the glorification, you will never react to the world not uh, providing you enough. Of course, it is a little, um, little hassle. It's a little hassle if you do not have cash whenever you go to a, a wedding and you need to, you want to, um, uh, congratulate that, that person by some money but but in my life I was always experiencing this prosperity this abundance so look if a poverty and if a lack comes in, in your life do not leave that behind uh, think why is it bringing a pain to my life why is bringing suffering to my life you should be able to see that. When your faith goes into the Sabbath, those issues, I'm not saying those issues will stop, but, but still, but still, our focus is, is on us breaking through those. There will always be God's will allowing you to experience those things. So it will be no problem for you. Whether, whether it's God providing you enough, enough material, then, then He will provide you material. It's, it's, it's His uh, principle. So what we should not be deceived is that, oh, the, oh, I have no money, that's my problem. No. We should be able to see what the spiritual background is that bringing me this pain and problem. If it's people, if it's people, we need to be able to see what's the, the spiritual, um, spiritual reason that is bringing this pain between the relationship with that person. So all these things on this earth, uh, on, on our flesh, uh, is coming from our spiritual um, reasons. So it's, the matter is not the fleshly problem itself. So always, always our essence is laid on the spiritual things. So if you enter into um, Sabbath of faith, all your pain on your flesh or your difficulties will, will no longer become problem because you will have the ability to break through.
And it applies to the individuals, it applies to the church. So when we say uh, that you need to offer money for the construction, how can it be possible for, for you individual to solve those, right? But you are all receiving God's glory in order to fulfill he, His promises. Let's move on. God gave you such a tremendous glory and Moses is telling the Israelites do not forget God's promise, God's glory. And he's saying do not forget your God, Jehovah. And, but Israelites, they always say, defend themselves saying, oh, we have never forgot, forgotten um, our God. I, we have never forgot Israel. I mean, I mean, God. But here, what Moses is talking about is, is this spiritual relationship. And I said, I said this in, in the Lord's Prayer sermon. Even though I'm, I'm saying uh, in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. But when, when my spirit is focused on the money, then you are calling the money your God. So what you consider the life will become, uh, become the relationship between you. But, but if you are not... Um, Calling, calling, uh, considering God as your life, then you will, no matter how much you call God, God's name, uh, God will have no relationship between you. So it applies to Old Testament and New Testament the same. Let's move on. Verse 11. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. This day. So here, uh, be careful. It's like a caution to the Israel. In all book of Torah, the reason why Israelites lost God is because of the world. If you begin to accept the world, then you will begin to lose God. If you have the world, you will lose God's glory. So all we need to do is to focus on God and live by Him. And if we begin to live by the world and look toward the world, our spiritual status will begin to lose God. This is, this is how sensitive our spirit is. When I, when I was living in Seoul back in the days, I, I modeled uh, the, the grass. I caught the grass, but right after a few days, it grew just like that. I need to keep live by God. And if I fail to do that, and if I just turn myself um, toward the world, my, my this worldly um, senses grow immediately. So being sensitive spiritually, you need to be able to uh, realize this. Where's David? Just like David... Um, after watching one single movie, uh, the next day you fail to pray a, a single minute. And even though you are, you are praying, you, you watch, <laughs> you, you keep imagining that, that movie that you, you watched for the whole time of prayer. 
But anyways, those spiritual people, um, because your spirit is so sensitive, you are experiencing this, right? I only watched this one short um, cut of, of, of a video, but when, whenever I was praying, I, I was keep, keep seeing that sin. You need to understand, this is how sensitive the spirit is. So you should not allow anything to, to come into you that, that, that easily. In terms, in, in perspective of the New Testament, you are a temple, you are his dwelling place, right? This is even more sensitive than the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament. So, so what did Paul says in Book of Acts? Those who, those who um, pollute the, the temple will, will die. And the demand of our spirit who wants to make the temple holy and demand of God who requires the temple to be holy is the same. So we need to be sensitive to that. Why are you not being able to pray? Why can't you pray? Because you're dirty? So look, just like uh, our, our students in ENSIP, they have this voidness, they have this exhaustion, they, they want to um, solve these um, through fleshly methods, and, and this, this bad circulation continues. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, all you have multiplied. So spirituality can be viewed in two two parts: the spirituality when you are poor and spirituality when you are abundant. Which is more difficult? When you are in poverty, when you're in diff difficulty, that's, that's easy to have good spirituality. But when you are in abundance, when you're experiencing this abundance, that's, that's when the spirituality becomes difficult. And the most difficult person to have good spirituality in our church is me. Because, um, because I... I I don't have to do anything by myself because all I have to do is just commanding people what to do, tell, them pe tell the people what to do. So the most difficult things for me to um, get rid of for me is to um, telling the pastor Lee what to do. And because I am in abundance that I don't have to ask God, oh Lord, I need this, I need this every day. 
So it's so easy for me to get into spiritual diabe- uh, obesity. And, and now, now, and it is easy for me to just, just uh, repeat all I have done until now. And our Yabang Church members, what's their characteristic? They receive lots of grace even though I repeat the same thing over and over again. So my difficulty is to cut off all those um, arrogancy, all those um, difficulties, all those abundance. So if you are in, in difficulties, you're in poverty, and if you are before the Lord, just like our Zoe ministry pastors, I'm telling you, um, when you're in difficulties, uh, when you do something small, something good, then God will pour everything. But after you became, become big, when, after you become um, abundant, then that's where the problem begins. So always, just like Philippians, in, in poverty, in suffering and tribulation, living in those situations is not difficult. Living by God in those difficulties. But Paul said he, he understood how to um, be in all situations. After AD 40, um, to Paul, he experienced lots of abundance. But in the book of Philippians, uh, around AD 58 to 60, he reached his um, pinnacle of his spirituality. But he did not fall into his spiritual obesity. Even when he was in his, um, his peak of his spirituality, even during his abundance, even while experiencing his abundance. After experiencing these difficulties, suffering in uh, Corinthian church, he, he even reached his climax of his spirituality. So when the servants, when us, when, when we uh, handle our abundance well in, in, in Lord, He, he will uh, bless us even more. Uh, the reason why He's not allowing this abundance in our life is because, that, because we will um, fall down if, if He allows us His prosperity. What's the spiritual gift of helping others? Um, you should practice the spiritual gift of helping others by, by diligence. Diligency is, in original language, is about um, sincerity, is honesty. Let's move on. So here, so here begins the problem in, among the Israelites when they were rich. Then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Moses is, is keep reminding them um, who they used to be. You were that poor, you were slaves, but you now became proud and you forget the Lord? Always, the frogs cannot remember that they used to be, who they used to be. But Israelites, it's about their identity. You used to be a slavery, but now you have this, this worthiness of king. 
but you cannot live no longer as a slave. Even though you are you are rich, you you should not um, uh, revive your slavery instincts within you. You should not misunderstand that you still are a slave. We should keep reminding ourselves that we are royal children. Fifteen. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the thirsty and waterless land. With his venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought you brought you water out of the hard rocks. He, in all those years, uh, Moses is reminding them of the, the days of wilderness. This is the way that we, sh- we, we can never forget who we are. Keep reminding the days of the time that he relied on God. So in, in our terminology, we should never forget his grace. This amazement of the salvation that we received the day that we met God. We should always remind ourselves of these. This is important. I'm not telling you to ruminate your past, but, but we should keep reminding ourselves who we are, what our identity is. We are royal children. Verse 17, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. And and whenever these slavery instincts come into you, this mindset of Babylon comes in, um, begins this, um, yourself, uh, this spiritual obesity, my power, my strength, my possession. So in your mouth, from your mouth, sincerely, you should be able to confess to the Lord, oh, you have prepared all this, you have done everything. But instead of that, if you begin to say to yourself, oh, I have done a good job, then, then that's the evidence that you are keep, um, keep maximizing your own possibility instead of faith. In the modern day churches, what do they emphasize? This positive mindset, this religion. So to us, if we do not um, make this wealth flow through us in terms, in, in this principle of grace, without even noticing, I begin to make my own righteousness become the method of my life. Oh, I have done everything uh, because I have tried so much effort. I have done well. That will become a religion to me. Sometimes it seems, it seems like it, that, that way, that positive mindset brings more wealth and more prosperity in the church easily, easier. How easy is that? But the faith, it seems very, um, very lame. The positive mindset builds my own righteousness, my own effort then it, it will begin to focus on the action itself. So you should be able to see. You should be able to pause and keep seeing uh, where God is, God is heading, where is God, God's happiness is laying down. And instead of focusing on God, you, you tend to uh, focus on this positive mindset, your own method, your own righteousness. This is clear evidence of Babylon influencing you. Of course, you have um, lived religiously in the church for many years. You have, may have this image of uh, this weird humbleness, but 
but that's not that's that should not our be our our uh, fundamental thing. But remember the lawyer God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Moses is emphasizing it is God who led them out of um, the Egypt. It's not the ability of the Israelites. Verse 19. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. And we should keep reminding ourselves that we go into ruin, we fall into ruin because of what we have, what we possess, because of Babylon. If you possess Babylon and if you are not, um, if you are not being wasted, if you are not going into ruin, uh, there is something wrong. So God, His will always to separate Babylon out of out of the Israelites. You should always confirm, oh Lord is ruling me. The Lord is, uh, the kingdom of God is ruling me instead of Babylon. So if your life pattern is laid according to uh, Babylonian standard, then, then you will begin to die. If, if your abundance comes from Babylon, then you will surely die. So you should always confirm God's rule. God is ruling me. His authority is over me. If you are a businessman, my business is uh, being ruled by God, kingdom of God. This is the most important thing. Our fattening cake is the same. It's because I make a, a, a very um, nice cake. That's the reason why I'm selling this well. No. You should always ask God, Lord, whenever they taste this cake, Father, help them to experience God's rule over them. Just like that. It's, I'm not, I'm not um, baking them out of my own hand. It's because it, I'm making them out of God's hand. Coffee is the same. It's the same coffee, but whenever my, my wife brings it, it's even more tastier. Anyways, um, chapter 9. Chapter 9. So always, um, because... <laughs> because I'm always like this. I'm um, feeling fatigue in the morning. But whenever I go up to preach uh, in the main hall, I get better. So my associate pastor always tells us whenever I say, oh, it's too hard, they tell me, well, you'll get better when you go up in the podium to preach. So chapter 9, chapter 9 um, shows the image of this disobedience of the Israelites. You should be able to see this is the same as our old self, just like the Israelites. We have seen God's glory. We have witnessed His glory. The reason why we cannot live according to the glory is because we still allow our old self to exist in us. Okay, from verse 1, let's begin. Until verse 7. No, no, verse 7. Um, here, Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and um, dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with larger, large cities and have walls up to the sky. So look, a nation Israel have 
no, has no possibility to win over those greater nations. So children of God do not have the authority to rule over the world because they have uh, their power or any possibilities to, to overcome them. Babylon, in perspective of human being, they're tremendous. Their science, their um, civilization, their system. Look at, look at the ten tribes of Canaan. They were in these, these steel, steel um, they had these steel weapons and steel things. <laughs> their civilization, their culture. Israelites had no possibility to, to defeat them. Look at Israelites. Even though they did not have anything, God led them so they, they were victorious over them. This is a, a law, this is law, rule, order. So if you need God, then, then you, even though you do not have anything, uh, God will do. And even if you prepare everything, then, and still if you do not have God, then you will fail. So it's a matter of God being together with me or not. It's not a matter of whether I have many things or whether I am prepared. So you, you don't have to strive and suffer to, to move, move on if you do not have God. Verse 2, The people are strong and tall, Anakites. You know, you know about them and have heard it said, Who can stand up against the Anakites? They are the giants, right? They're the, the big and strong nation. And before that great nation, Israelites are like nothing. Let's say our brother Yun Song and our brother Deacon here. You, can't, you cannot even imagine them fighting, right? But, but imagine a person who is like three meters tall and a person who is um, in an average height. But God's fight is not upon my ability, my condition. So whenever God says, you will be victorious even if I have one pebble, then you will be victorious. So in, in faith, you should be able to see all the situation. In, in sight of Israelites, in the eyes of Israelites, when they see Goliath, they, are, they say, oh, I am like a, like a grasshopper before him. But, but David, he said, oh, you are my, you are my meal, you are my lunch. So... Faith, faith is what matters. Verse 3, But be assured uh, um, today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a, a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you. So he, he's surely promising Israelites their victory. When God says go, then you go. When God commands, we, should, we need to put our faith completely. Verse 4, After the Lord your God has driven them out before you, do not say to yourself, The Lord has brought me here to take possession of this land because of my righteousness. No, it is on account of the weaknesses of these nations that the Lord is going to drive them out before you. Right, that is right, right? Because it is not because of my own righteousness. It's because of His righteousness, His decisions, His will. God's church in a single instance, should never consider anything out of their own righteousness. 
So here, um, righteousness is Zedek. His righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, we are meeting Him and He is living through Him. So when God lives through us, there is nothing impossible for us. Verse 5, it is not because of your righteousness or your integrity uh, that you are going in to take possession of their land, but on account of the weakness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you to accomplish that He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it's not because of Israel is strong, Israel is big, or Israel is good. But because these ten nations, ten ten tribes are defiling that land of Canaan. And the reason why this millennial kingdom is, is coming, and the reason why we are remaining in those millennial kingdoms is because the ones who, who can only rule that land is these, these royal priests. And only this uh, holy um, rule of God can, can rule the land. So this is a fearful statement. Even Israelites, when they lose their holiness, they will be kicked out of the land. So always, um, Israelites must put their life up upon the holiness. Verse 6, Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess. So we should never be stiff-necked. We should never be arrogant. Our arrogance, our old self, is always um, having these characteristics of rebelling against God. So, whether we should live according to God's kingdom or not is laid upon how well are we killing our old self. So we should always step down uh, and trample our old self. Verse 7 begins the history of of Israelites uh, rebelling again against God. And Moses continues here. So here, Moses is around 120 years old, and he, he is a grandfather now, and that's the reason why he's continuing the story over and over again. He's telling the same old story. <laughs> so it is so difficult for me to preach no, never. it's a joke. But the reason why Moses is keep emphasizing, he's, the reason why he's keep telling the same story over and over again is because it's so important. He continues this story over and over again. Why? Because he's old? His grandfather? No, because it's important. There, because it, there lays the way of Israelites' um, um, survival. Who are we? We are the ones to keep His glory, secure His glory. It's not because we have lots of money. It's not because we have many things. No, because, because we sustain our identity as God's children. Because we are securing His promise, His glory. Do not have uh, put any weight on the issues of how well you will live on this earth. But instead, um, the spirit is different. Always. <laughs> Just like the uh, beggar, Nazareth, Lazarus, um, you should be able to live like him who put he, his weight on your spirit. Always, you should desire your spirit. You should desire the eternity. 
There is no need for you to lose the eternity and to gain and, and um, be eager to those things on this earth. There's no need for you to strive to live well on this earth, losing the glory. You are being a slavery out of your own will. So look, on this Babylon, there's no, nothing that you should, you should search for. The glory that this world is speaking is not the glory at all. So look, here, Moses is beginning to telling the story of the Israelites making God angry toward the Israelites being, because they were rebellious against, against God. And the story of golden idol, making golden idol and making Moses being furious to them. So look, verse 19. I fear the anger and the wrath of the Lord for He was angry enough with you to destroy you. But again, the Lord listened to me. As a mediator, Moses always heard the word of God and God heard the word of Moses. So that's how important the role of Moses was. God always listened to Moses and he was able to um, destroy the Israelites or not. And the role of Jesus is not because she. Um, Jesus being mediator be between God and us is different from Moses. It's because not only Jesus listens to what we say and bring that word to, to God, but more than that, Jesus guarantees us to the Lord that, that we are different. He acknowledges us as a new being through Jesus. It's not like Jesus, uh, God acknowledges Israelites through Moses as new beings, but because Jesus is bringing, bringing us to Him. He's guaranteeing us. He's guaranteeing us um, to God that we are the same being as Jesus. We are fundamentally the same being. So, what's His name? He's, he's blood-shedding a lawyer. He's a complete comforter. Not only He comforts us, but more than that, he uh, confirms our identity, who we are. He's telling his father, Father, this brother is, is, is the one that I have shed my blood for so that he will become gloriously like you. So the difference between Moses and Jesus. Moses praying to God so that he will spare the Israelites' life and Jesus praying for us is completely different. So you should accept this. So like, so let's say, so let's say you have committed a sin and you feel something very um, weird in 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 God's kingdom, but but it's because you have not repented. But God, uh, um, Jesus guaranteed you through His blood. So it's completely different dimension. So the ministry of Moses is completely different from Jesus' ministry. So, so because of Jesus, you have the same glory as an heir. So 
And when Jesus says he, he is an heir to receive all, all the inheritance of the kingdom of God, then who can um, rebel against that? And he said, and, and the glory that he gave us is that we can also say the same thing. We can say that we are to receive all the inheritance from God as an heir. So how can we allow the Babylon to take those glory out of us? And the, what's the reason why we can, What's the reason for us to say, "Oh, I like, I'm satisfied by the things that that is given by Babylon"? In verse twenty, and the Lord was angry enough with Aaron to destroy him. But at that time, I prayed for Aaron too. Verse 22, verse 22 also appears the, um, the reminder of Moses to the Israelites of their, their wickedness. You also made the Lord angry at um, Tabera and Massa and at Kibros Hatava. And let's look at Numbers 11. Appears an interesting story. Numbers 11, verse 1 to 3, appears that story. Tabera, the word Tabera meaning it's burning. Now the people complained about their hardship in the hearing of the Lord, and when he heard them, his anger was aroused. The fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. When the Lord when the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. So the place was called Tabara because fire from the Lord had burned among them. So his complaint, God, um, people's complaint and suffering will always bring um, complaints towards the Lord. So, see how much God listened to Moses' prayer. He quenched the fire because God, uh, Moses asked him to, to, to quench the fire. Even, even God listened to Moses' prayer, but imagine how much uh, this, this lawyer, Jesus, when he prays, how much God would listen to his prayer. And never once God promised the Old Testament people to, to pray in my name and I will answer to you and I will give you everything. But in, in the New Testament, He gave this promise uh, through Jesus to pray, pray in His name and He will answer to us. So this prayer of faith will allow us everything. Ask us everything in faith then I will pour you limitlessly. So it's completely different. We are living in completely different dimension from Moses in the New Testament. Imagine how great things would, would happen when these royal children pray. So when you, whenever you pray, you should have this boldness, this, this um, pride. More than anything, you should have this pride when you pray. Sometimes, Sometimes, 
sometimes our young adults, whenever they receive a lot of grace, they come to me, oh, pastor, I will pray for you. But it's not arrogance. It's their pride that they have. So you should have this pride, this boldness. So... And let's move on, verse 22 of Deuteronomy. Here is the story of Israelites complaining to God that they want meat. Lord, we are not satisfied by manna. Give, give us more meat. But instead of complaining, they should have just prayed in faith, right? But because they, their survival instinct arose within them, this is life this uh, life of this is method of life in Babylon and they begin to lie that they lived uh, prosperously in, in Egypt uh, being filled filled with meat and God answered um, in Book of Numbers ap appears this story and God uh, filled, filled 220 meters oh never mind about um, but anyways um, he covered the whole that, that long length of the road with 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 that, that bird <laughs> with the meat <laughs> but the story afterward is what matters to see how greedy they were, the Israelites were. Um, I lost where the story is. It's uh, Numbers chapter 13, I think. And even, even they were able to finish all those meat. Um, God, God uh, killed them. Um, Numbers 13. Never mind. So, complaints is being rebellious against God. Back in the days, during the days of the, the kings, Telling the kings that they are not satisfied with his decisions is it's matter of dying. So the evil inside will is being revealed as complaint. So always the rebellion is about not acknowledging God as he is. So, and Moses again began the story of Kadesh Barnea. If you look at Book of Numbers, the 
as the complaints continues. Um, we should never have these complaints, these uh, blaming. There's no need for children of God to have complaints or blame. Church is under God's rule. Of course, you are not blaming God or you are not complaining directly toward God, but toward your leaders, toward your brothers and sisters. You should not have any complaints towards anyone in the community. What you need to understand, you need to understand. What you need to um, solve, you need to solve. The complaint, it always uh, comes with this these, um, gossiping word, uh, gossiping spirit. God is always listening, so do not ever complain. As you complain at home with your children, your children will begin to complain and blame the church. How fearful is it? In your house, you, you say it without um, being aware of it. Telling, telling in front of your children, oh, why is our church like that? Why is our ANSIP like that? Then it will begin to build this uh, rebellion against God in your, in your children's heart. So, without... Without any reason, um, whenever the head of the church commands you what to do, then do not even try to think and calculate anything. Just follow. Let's pray. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Verse 24. You have been rebellious against the Lord ever since I have known you. Fundamentally, and this rebellion within them is... is built so greatly because of their slavery life. And to us, because we have this old self of Cain, it has a DNA to bring rebellion against God and bring um, blame against God. So, so how, how well are we going to kill this DNA, these fleshly desires of old self, will determine how gloriously we will become on this earth. So if you just leave that behind, it will, it will continue to grow in you and keep being activated in you. It will begin to grow and build this power to be rebellious against God. So spiritual people should not become, be lazy, lazy on, on killing your old self. Even Paul, even Paul struggled so hard to kill his fleshly desires. This is a matter that even this great apostle uh, was always being diligent upon. But in terms of prayer, you should never, you should never let your old self to fight against your new self. You should never be lazy. Um, allowing the old self to take um, advantage of, against your new self. So there's no reason for you to be lazy on killing your old self, your desire of your old self. 
whenever your old self is showing a single um, evidence of being alive, you should just trample upon it. And your old self will always react to your condition, your situation, your, your possibility. So you should always kill it in order for you to um, always react to the Lord, to react by faith. So you should always um, be aware of your old self. Just kill it immediately. So look back in your days and as you look back in your days every day, um, your old self will no longer become become powerful among you. And, and as you see your five evil desires of the of Babylon, you will begin to know, oh, this is what builds this power of rebellion within me against God. So we need to remind ourselves one thing. Do not be lazy spiritually. God prepared everything. God has accomplished everything already. So all we need to do every day is to be diligent. Verse 24, You have been rebellious against the Lord ever since I have known you. Always. Always this old self is being rebellious against the Lord. I lay prostrate before the Lord those 40 days and 40 nights because the Lord has said He would destroy you. How much did the Israelites make Moses suffer because of them. Of course, of course the Moses was great, but the Lord was always right. He, his decision was always right. Okay, let's pray. Uh, I should have pre preached until like chapter 11, 12, but... but but we'll finish this later uh, tonight.